Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he has a twin brother he refuses to shout out. It's Arturo Zarita. Shh, it's a secret. I'm, I'm keeping that facade for a while. For those of you who don't know, you won't, you won't know. But, uh, yeah. I just think, I think the LME dude deserves some love, don't you think? You know, my LME twin brother, he just, he's not as nice as you guys think he is, right? He's not as cool as the A to Z guy. <laughs> yeah, I've met him. He's the evil twin. He's the evil me. twin, pretty much. But yeah, no, it's been an interesting week. I had a video that, like, popped off. That was crazy. Yeah, uh, uh, your uh, Logic. Art of Stealing Logic Tarantino video yeah, a lot of people to go were like, pretty well. Yeah, a lot of people were like, this is clickbait. Tarantino's not in the video. I'm like, is he, he's, he's like, I show, like, Tarantino's got like eight films. I showed like twenty of his films in the video. <laughs> but I thought I have, I've had that idea for a long time since Bobby Tarantino won. For those of you who are Logic fans, and uh, again, it's one of those very interesting videos where some people click, dislike, and uh, yell at me. What I say five minutes into the video. <laughs> what you gonna do? It's a good week yeah. though. I know you're a little bit under the weather, but nothing stops Zachary Shevick from coming in here on the Intercut Podcast. Yeah, I'm here for y'all. I'm, <laughs> Your fate uh, right now. <laughs> I'm, I rallied. I, I've got my uh, energy back up for you, so we're going to record and talk about the latest happenings and uh, get into a little bit of speculation about the specter of death looming mm-hmm. over Infinity War in a little bit. But first, we start the show the way we start every week on the Intercut Podcast. Art, what have you been watching? Oh, it's a lot of movies. Let me rank them in a little bit. <laughs> cool. Uh, I think there was three, if I'm not mistaken. I can only imagine it was pretty decent. But we've talked about uh, several times about the whole Rotten Tomatoes thing and the biggest thing. Or not even Rotten Tomatoes. Beyond that, critics mm-hmm. only watch what they want to watch. So those critics who get paid for reviewing movies for whatever reason don't go see I Can Only Imagine. Sure, that's fine. Except for two things. One, your job is to review movies, not pick and choose which ones you don't want to. Second, when not enough people review the movies, you know who's watching I Can Only Imagine? Common Sense Media, mm-hmm. ChristianReview.com, and this thing had an 89% for the first couple of days on Rotten Tomatoes, and they got cocky with it. Their Twitter was just like 89% and 93% audience. When are you going to, not, not are you, when are you going to go see I Can Only Imagine? Right. Of course, it started going down a bit, but... Yeah, I mean, as of right now, I just pulled it up. It's got 10 fresh and 5 rotten reviews, so it's down to 67%. But just that tiny amount shows you how few publications were even, like, had this on their radar. Pull up Tomb Raiders, right? Pull up Tomb Raiders and see how many that was. But that shows you a huge thing because a movie like this, and it's a wide release, 15 in the first weekend. Do you want to know how much Avengers is going to have? In the first oh. day? Well, uh, you just mentioned Tomb Raider. I pulled that up. 99 fresh and 99 rotten. That's very <laughs> interesting, right? Because that ain't double. That ain't triple. You know what I'm get, get what I'm getting at? Yeah. Now, we're not even talking about the quality of the movie. We're talking about what a critic's job is supposed to be, right? Yeah. Well, you see every now and then there are these kind of niche movies that end up surprising like mainstream Hollywood, whether it's the the Tyler Perry movies or the predominantly Mm -hmm. black cast movies where nobody heard about this and suddenly it's the highest grossing movie of the weekend. And Mm -hmm. you see this a lot with the Christian movies where it kind of is off people's radar and then when it makes $20 million opening weekend, everybody's like, oh, whoa, I should have been paying attention. Plant your seeds and it'll prosper. But yeah, you know, critics are missing it. I'm gonna go see it and it is based off of the Mercy Me song. I yes. can only imagine, so a lot of people, I'm pretty sure, have heard that song. I thought it was decent. Okay. I, it's not actually not a Pure Flix film. I, I kept calling it a Pure Flix movie, but it's not a Pure Flix movie. Um, and not that quality either. Let's take it easy a bit, right? <laughs> it still suffers from, and this ain't just Christian movies. So the guy's like 35 years old. Yeah. Right? He's like a 30-something-year-old guy who they got as the actor. I think he can sing well. Acting's okay. But when they do flashbacks, and he's supposed to be in high school... And they keep the same dude? That uh, no work. There's no good. Doesn't but, um, really uh, blend with yeah, reality. Yeah, no. no. Other this than movie that, does have some yeah. uh, decent actors in it, though. I mean, yes, I, just looking at the trailer, I saw Dennis Quaid. I, somebody else is in it. Trace um, Adkins, who I believe is a country singer as well, but he, he's, he's in the movie. Uh, it's a decent movie. It, 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 it tells the story well. I've always said that the best Christian movies are the ones that are based off of 
uh, like actual events or biopics or stuff like that. That way you don't have a God's Not Dead, whether you like it or not, that those events aren't real. And even when God's Not Dead 2 tries to tell you they're based off these court cases, and then you go, oh, you didn't think we were going to search up the court cases? And none of them had to do with what you're showing? Uh, movies like this, The Case for Christ, you know, still cheesiness and this thing is not going to be for everyone. Uh, filmmaking-wise, still not up to a standard. But uh, story-wise, it's it's impacting. This one's all about forgiveness. He wrote the song because his dad died of cancer. Spoiler alert for a true story that's in the song that you guys have heard. Uh, and he, like, the, yo, the dad was rude. Like, Dennis Quaid is a scumbag in this movie. There's a scene where he hits him with a plate of scrambled eggs. Like, legitimately. That, I'll give it that. I don't know. We just smacks him with the plate. But uh, it was a decent one. If you're a Christian, I guess go watch it. Tomb Raider was decent for those of you who... Uh, I didn't hate it as much as everyone. Thought it was okay. Yeah, it's got that 50% Rotten Tomatoes. So there are, like, people out there who liked it. It's not yeah. the overwhelming majority. Right. And the best one, obviously, for me of the weekend was Love, Simon. Even though I had a problem with that, I mentioned it to you last yes. weekend. Uh, my twin evil brothers got a video on it. And it's been very, very interesting, right? Everything I explained to you about the ending, I've had people uh, call me homophobic. Right. <laughs> that's, that's definitely what you meant. You ever try to, like, defend someone, right? Because remember I told you about the ending, right? I'm yeah. like, the ending sh- No, I'm trying to help you out because they think you're dumb. Yeah. And then they tell me, I think uh, the most common ones that I got was, you're an idiot, it's based off the book. Then I, So I read the book. They changed the ending from the book. Wait, did you really read that book? Yeah, no, I wasn't reading Wikipedia page, but it's different. Yeah. It's different, though. It's a different ending. That's what I'm getting at. So the problems that I had, because that's what everyone kept telling me, the ones who's like, oh, I can see your point, because everything that you hated, they changed for the book. It also ignores the idea that, you know, execution matters. I mean, it, whether 100%. it's in a book or in a movie, like, it's, it's, exactly, 1, it's all how you make it believable But that's what I was saying, because remember, I explained the movie to you. I was telling you how good it was. Yeah. The first three quarters, the first two-thirds and the last third are really good. It's just that ending comes out of nowhere and it's just like, ah, oh, you manipulated it, something just yeah. for that ending. And it's like, I looked back at the book, people kept telling me, and I was like, Game of Thrones season seven did. That's what they did. They tried doing their own thing off of the material and that's what happened, in my yeah, opinion. It's also this thing that like, whenever you criticize something, it's like, oh, what, you didn't like it? And it's like, no, no, no. I no, no, saw no, a yeah. fault in this thing that I otherwise thought yeah, was Yeah, you're good. not supposed to. And especially when it's something that's a movement. Yeah. You're, you're just standing in the way now. <laughs> it's good, though. Uh, that was the best one of the weekend. Nice. Uh, I didn't get to see any of the new movies. I uh, caught up on a couple of movies that I have seen in the past, but I, I just enjoy rewatching them, forgetting Sarah Marshall is one of my favorite yeah, romantic saw. comedies. <laughs> uh, I, and I just, I think I've seen that movie maybe more than any other just because when I was in college I had like a free download of it so it was just kind of okay I don't have anything else to do let me put that mm -hmm. on in the background while I'm studying or something uh, but man every scene in that movie makes me laugh uh, I, I really love uh, Jason Siegel's sad sack depiction of depression uh, uh -huh. so I enjoy that a lot it's on Netflix now if you've been meaning to catch up with it or just rewatch it I also saw Mother again because I haven't seen that since it was in theaters and I just kind of wanted to man I just wanted to see what the day chaos what Sorry? What day, what time? <laughs> Saturday morning around like 11 a.m. <laughs> I just woke up that day kind of like, you know, I want to see the swirling Oh, you woke up that day? Yeah. I, was, I, I hadn't seen it in so long. And there's something about the way that it's so contained and, and, and gets builds and builds and is crazy. I mean, th thankfully, you know, with the brightness of daylight and... Like lunch it leveled on the it table. out. Is that what it was? It's not quite as disturbing, you know. I and I know I know where it's gonna go. I can kind of sit back and appreciate it more on just like a production level. But there's so many interesting things about oh, that it movie is. and how yeah. it's done. And uh, I think this was the first time that I was able to really watch it and just think about all the ways in which it was referencing whether it's global warming or climate change or uh, the stuff, Bible and that story. Mm -hmm. it, it, there's a lot of really cool. Uh, allegorical aspects to that story. But the main thing that I've been listening to, watching, whatever, it's a listen to. It's a new podcast. Not the newest podcast, but about to reach its final episode. It's called Atlanta Monster. Have you heard of this one? I feel like someone... Did you bring this up to me? I don't know if I have. but Maybe. Because I just tried binging it over the weekend, and I'm 
already pretty much done with it. It's from the same producers of Up and Vanished, which is another very popular true crime, excuse me, true crime podcast. Uh, this one, though, it's on a whole other level. It's about a series of child murders and disappearances oh. in Atlanta yes, 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 yes. around the 80s, and this like f long unsolved answer about who actually did these murders. It, it gets really into some of the uh, interesting ways in which the case kind of was overlooked and why it was overlooked and why it's taken this long for people to even pay attention to it. I sat down listening to one episode thinking, ah, maybe I'll enjoy this, maybe I'll get into it. And that night I stayed up for like five, six hours listening to half Just of the rocking series. Back and forth. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's got, it's got very serial season one vibes okay, if you yeah. got into that podcast. Was, yeah. uh, so if you are a true crime person or a true crime podcast person, definitely catch up with Atlanta Monster. It's a good listen. How many uh, episodes? So their final one, their 10th episode, I believe is going up on this Friday. How, uh, there's how a long couple, th I think each one's close to an hour. There's a couple supplementary episodes, so it's like maybe 13 hours of material out there, but okay. it's a good listen. It, it, you, can, you can binge through it in a weekend or two. I'll wait for the Netflix miniseries. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming. I bet you it's coming. I, uh, probably. But uh, it's interesting. All right, so we'll get into the yay or nay and talk about the latest happenings in the entertainment industry, starting with Danny Boyle officially taking the reins on Bond 25 after a bunch of filmmakers were speculated to be helming the 25th installment of the James Bond franchise. It was announced that the Trainspotting and Slumdog Millionaire director will captain the ship this time around with returning star Daniel Craig. And Boyle is bringing along his frequent collaborator, screenwriter John Hodge. The movie is currently set to open November 2019. Art, yay or nay, you're excited for ba Boyle's take on James Bond. No, I don't think he's a bad choice. Am I excited for it? No, because I don't care for James Bond. That's me personally. Mm -hmm. I don't care for James Bond. And even those who should, should be a little concerned when your freaking James Bond actor came out and said, not just that he didn't want to do it, he said, like, I'd rather get my fingernails or something, like, rip, like, remember, he got, like, he became a poet. Yeah, it's weird how openly Daniel Craig hates doing Bond movies. So why can still we... still doing Bond movies. So how can we be excited for this? I mean, that being said, I don't think Daniel Craig has enjoyed doing the last few Bond movies either, and Skyfall was still pretty awesome. Right, but, like, your Nikes fit well. They still come from a sweatshop. <laughs> you you kind of got to think of that. Are they just... This my man. Maybe it's completely different. Fine. What that is, he, is he signed, if he signed a contract and they're making him do something he doesn't want to do? Do you know what I mean? Even if the I mean, final it's, product it's has like, his fans. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's being forced against his will. He's getting Listen, paid probably thirty, forty million dollars. I don't care if it's millions dollars. dollars. <laughs> I, I, but yeah, no, I, I do. I kind of am on board with you in that I'm not necessarily excited for a Danny Boyle James Bond, even though I'm mm -hmm. actually someone who really likes. Danny Boyle is a director. Uh, I think a lot of his movies are pretty underrated. But so I like Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I was thinking of stuff like Trance and stuff, too, which is really Oh, yeah, just... those are the ones I don't like. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, I don't know. I just think that it, there's kind of, like, a, a hesitance to do something radical with the James Bond franchise. Can you he, know? though? Sorry? Because he, if, if he had a completely brand new person... Then yeah. I would be like, yeah, of course he will. But he exactly. doesn't. Yeah, if this was Danny Boyle with, you know, there's been uh, all those like, uh, uh, not Idris Elba, but uh, was it Kaluuya? Some people have been talking about mm -hmm. Daniel Kaluuya as James Bond, or really? you know, even if you don't, even if you don't like race flip, but just bring in something new and fresh. I, I think I'm kind of over the Daniel Craig era of Bond, especially yeah, if done. he's not necessarily going to be super into it. Yeah. I, you know, maybe if I see some stuff from this movie, it'll change my mind the same way that when I saw how cool Javier Bardem's Skyfall villain looked, I was I was there, I was there. Mm -hmm. But um, as of now, I, I don't know. I'm not really on board. I guess it would be that, depending on who they get as a villain and depending if they throw Ragnarok it and do something completely different from the previous ones. Then we'll see. Right. The first black woman to direct a film that will cost more than $100 million may become the first black woman to do it twice. Ooh. Ava DuVernay turned down the opportunity to take on Marvel's Black Panther franchise, but the Wrinkle in Time filmmaker has jump shipped on Disney, taking on DC's The New Gods. Chasing Maverick screenwriter Cario Salem is currently working on the script. 
So Art, yay or nay, you're excited to see Ava's vision of new gods. Chasing Maverick screenwriter. Why? <laughs> Why even mention this? Yes, yes, the Oscar award-winning Chasing Mavericks. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen the wonderful Chasing Mavericks, be pumped because I know nothing of New Gods. So, Yeah, I don't really know anything about the comics themselves, but it seems like it's this kind of intergalactic almost sort of thing. Um, not necessarily as earthbound as a lot of the superhero stuff we've been getting. But we, yeah. we which, you know, maybe that has echoes of A Wrinkle in Time in there, but... I think that, like we talked about last week, the stuff about Wrinkle in Time that maybe worked best was... Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's production and not necessarily, like, the story itself. But we were talking about... Uh, I had said that her best points are when she's working with actors. Right. And less the CGI stuff, like you had said. He was like, you felt like the whole world and everything that they had created. That's all this is practically going to be, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... I thought the the vision of that stuff was good. It's more the story of that stuff wasn't good. I, I hope it's not going to be all convoluted, wrinkle in time well, stuff. Luckily, they got chasing Maverick to become writer. <laughs> He's also written story. the score. Who? Cario uh, Salem. He's also written the score with Edward Norton and Robert De Niro. Okay, so that's a, that's another thing he did. Good. Done. Well, I don't best. know, man. I mean, like I. I just, I'm excited, but not really. I, I don't really have that much of an interest in these types of movies. You don't so. care. Just say, you don't care. I don't on. care. You don't care. It's again, it's again, like, I need to be convinced by maybe some footage or some hype or some reviews or something I'm like that. I'm confused. So it's official or she's being looked at? It seems official. She's been tweeting out uh, like images of but New Gods why? comics and stuff. It seems like a very for her. choice, not you get only what I'm saying? for her, but for the studio. I mean, I guess for the studio, maybe not, because she's such a big name right now. But I don't know why this of all franchises she would choose. She seems like she could get pretty much like whatever she wants. Yeah. Anyway. Avengers Infinity War is set to be the longest MCO, MCU movie yet. All of that runtime, 156 minutes. Ooh. And reportedly, Captain Marvel won't be showing up in this installment either. So, Art, yay or nay, uh, 156 minutes is too long for the Infinity War runtime. Absolutely not. I want an intermission. I want an overture. <laughs> I want four after credit scenes. I want this to be the grandest event of it all because this is what they've been leading up to. This is the trilogy for Avengers. So I, I don't think it can be too long. It's how they use that time. Yeah, I mean... More than enough characters. Like, if I'm speaking for myself personally, I don't want to be stuck in a theater for two and a half hours watching Avengers. You're, but okay, I know... you Avengers, but you would for another movie. Yes, yes, and I have for many movies. Right. Um, so, like, I'm not, but the th and that's why I'm not going to go nay. I'm going to go yay because, you know, it, this is a huge epic of event that they've been leading up to yes. for over a decade. You, you look at that movie poster, and it's even insane. though they don't have Hawkeye, Hawkeye on it, like, it's, it's stuffed to the brim with big movie stars and characters we want to see more of. I mean, there's been, you know, hype that the last bit of this movie is a like almost a Black Panther sequel in that it's very Wakanda heavy. And I know people are going to be hyped for that after Black Panther mm -hmm. got, it's, you know, we'll mention it a little bit later, but Black Panther is still doing well at the box office. Oh so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just like, I don't know how they're going to fit all this in. It makes more sense to me that the the runtime is this long. I'm hoping it's not going to feel like they're just overstuffing it, it and dragging it, but Look, I, I think everybody who is hyped for this movie will probably be hyped for the fact that it's the longest one yet. Right. Because there's it's, so much they need to get to. thousand percent. It's like a concert. When you go to a concert, you want it to keep going. You want it to keep going. And they have enough musicians, players, whatever. I will say that it's also like a concert in that if you're not a big fan of the band, you don't want it to always keep going. <laughs> you don't want to don't show up to the concert. <laughs> Give me those seats, I right? but a free uh, ticket I will say, tickets are cheap. I've, tickets were cheap. Movie, movie pass? Hey, these, oh, okay. Then I get you. Then go in there. Enjoy it for what it is. Get drunk. Whatever you got to do. I will say this. I have heard that uh, Thor supposedly gets the most screen time. I am a fan of that. Thor and Thanos, supposedly. 
get the most screen time. So that I am a fan of. All right, our last big story for year and A, I can only imagine we brought it up briefly into what we're watching, but it surprised many by placing third in this weekend's box office third. with a whopping 17.1 million. That uh, puts it above every movie that was released, including stuff like New Simon, except for Tomb Raider and another week of Black Panther success. It was above Wrinkle in Time in its second week. It It's definitely just came out of nowhere for Dang. many Hollywood box office analysts. So Art, yay or nay, this should have been a surprise. <laughs> no, it was no surprise. I figured it was going to come in that much. See, But I've known this already. I've seen yeah. this. I've seen this time and time again with a bunch of the other movies, right? Miracles from Heaven. Heaven is for real. All the other Heaven movies. The Guy's Not Dead movies. They come mm -hmm. in top five. Like you All said, it. it's a demographic that people ain't looking at. But some people yeah. really crave these movies and they show up. Yeah, it's like what we touched on earlier, you know, it's just, it, how many times can it happen and you still be surprised by it, you know? Uh, there's all these movies that are showing up in the top five that are just hitting these niches. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't mention it earlier, but what was that uh, Spanish movie? Like, Instructions Not Included. Yeah, Instructions I Not Included, that yeah. One. Like, people weren't, weren't, weren't expecting that to be quite the huge hit that it was, and then it came in first, I think, that one weekend. Yeah, it was I mean, crazy, yeah. You know, it, it's. I think a lot of times we ignore the non-mainstream audiences because we think mm -hmm. like, well, who are the people that show up to the Marvel movies and are they going to show up to this movie? And, you know, it, you don't need the people who show up to the Marvel movies to get into the top three, apparently. thousand percent. All right, so some rough cuts before we jump to our topic of the week. Gotcha. Shia LaBeouf biopic starring Lucas Hedges and Shia LaBeouf <laughs> written by Otis Lord, <laughs> a.k.a. Shia LaBeouf. Art, yay or nay, you're looking forward to Shia's story as told by Shia, as told by Shia and starring Shia. Are they the same age? I think he's like maybe two or three years older. Two or three um, months. I'm for it, dude. Yeah, so Shia LaBeouf will be playing Shia LaBeouf's father, uh, while, whereas Lucas Hedges... Oh, so Shia's 31 and Lucas Hedges is 21, so there actually is a little bit of distance. So we had years. him at 10? Yeah. <laughs> he had him at 10 in the movie? Yeah. It's a you know, rough and tumble life. I don't know. Shia LaBeouf is playing his own father. Yeah. And he wrote the movie under the name Otis Lort. I'm down, dude. Where do I buy my ticket? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look. This is the part of the show where I do the, do the probably unpopular thing of just defending Shia LaBeouf. But, you know, as weird as the stuff that he always puts out is, as strange as many of his actions are and undefendable as many of his actions are, mm -hmm. it's a million times more interesting than what a lot of our other uh, yeah. young celebrities are giving us. I, I, I would rather have the conversations that I've had thanks to Shia's art right? than follow somebody else's work. Just do so, it. Yeah, this is a fun conversation. I love talking about right? it. This is weird. I'm, I'm going to check out the movie and, and talk about it. So I'm, I'm a million times for this. I'm excited for it, too. John Hamm is set to star alongside Natalie Portman in Pale Blue Dot from Noah Hawley. So Art, yay or nay, you're excited for the Fargo and Legion showrunner to make the jump to the big screen. Sure. I haven't seen... Uh, I saw the first uh, season of Fargo, and I was very happy with it. I don't know why mm -hmm. I haven't caught up with the rest, so... Yeah, I'm always up for someone getting the upgrade. Yeah, I mean, it's a good cast, and I think Noah Hawley has always sort of shown ambition in his TV projects. Legion and Fargo are both, like, uh, thematically and visually challenging in a way that not a lot of TV is. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm excited to see uh, him take on something maybe a bit of larger scale. The Grudge is getting a reboot with John Cho, Andrea Riseborough, and Damian Bashir. Art, yay or nay, people aren't yet ready to give up The Grudge. That's such a good cast. John Cho? Damian Bashir is an Oscar nominee, and, and yeah, my boy, what? Oh, man, I was about to say no, but that cast is pretty solid. All three of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thing is that we, I think, you know, when the first Grudge came out, Sarah Michelle Gellar, she was yeah, a star, I want, right? I want to say, yeah. Yeah, and like that's kind of what you could get for a uh, adaptation of a foreign horror, horror mm. property. But horror has become this really like niche, interesting, fun genre where interesting filmmakers go. And I bet there's like a whole generation of horror filmmakers that have ideas for The Grudge and could mm. make it really cool. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like something really 
really cool brewing in this project to hey, get could this be. kind of talent involved. With those actors it, and the, the thematic elements of what's supposed to go on with it, I think they'll, they'll do something good. Our, finally, our final rough cut story, uh, the all-female Rotten Tomatoes competitor Cherry Picks announced its debut this weekend. It's going to be essentially the same service as Rotten Tomatoes, but only feature female critics as an attempt to sort of skew the balance uh, of film criticism, which has always kind of leaned heavily male. Art, yay or nay, you will use this new service occasionally. Well, I don't, let me be fair. I don't even use Rotten Tomatoes that much, yeah, right? Yeah, true. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't understand. Yeah. If I'm using this service, I don't care if they're male or if they're female. I care about whether I agree with their opinions. Right. Yeah, That's I mean, all I think, I'll say. I think there's something interesting to the like scientific analysis of what does this look like as oh, a cross section yeah, of male interesting. and yes, a cross section of female. I don't think this is like a ro- real Rotten Tomatoes competitor, except maybe yeah. you know, and maybe female film fans will find that this is a better indication of what they will think than Rotten Tomatoes is. I don't That's know. Fair. I, like, That's I, fair. Like, I think it's interesting. Um, I don't think it's necessarily, like, going to damage Rotten Tomatoes or anything mm-hmm. like that. I mean, but I yeah, want I, them to be on top of I don't really like tomatoes. using Rotten Tomatoes anyway. I'm just kind of... As a science experiment, sure. All right, we'll see how it goes. Anyway, we'll get into our topic of the week, but let us know what you thought about all our gay or nay segments in the comments below, and uh, we'll maybe feature some in future episodes of The Intercut and get back to you. Uh, Thanks for watching all these segments so far. But topic of the week time, should superheroes die? Uh, With the upcoming Marvel Infinity War movie, there's been a lot of speculation about the potential for a major death among the characters in the Avengers lineup. Uh, It's been teased by the promotional materials and just by the sort of tone and feel of the series. Contracts ending. Marvel, yeah, it's also, well, some financial implications. But it also leads us to a bigger question about whether or not uh, we want to see our heroes or our leads on screen, whether or not we want to see movies in which these people can actually potentially suffer these consequences Mm -hmm. since it's often not something that's a real threat in any of our big action movies. So, Art, uh, let's start small. Let's talk a little bit about Infinity War. Do you expect someone to die in the upcoming Marvel movie? 1,000%. I could be wrong, right? We're watching this video later in the future. I'm here looking like an idiot. But for the longest time, I have said Captain America. I think it needs to be Captain America. I think with one of the recent after credits that we got... Somebody else is getting ready to play Captain America, who we've seen for a bit, right? right. Uh, I think Chris Evans's contract, if I'm not mistaken, back in Civil War, would have equaled up. This should have been one of his final movies. If not, the rest just being cameos of him that he would get paid for. Uh, it's getting to a point where you have way too many characters. You ain't going to be able to uh, stuff them all in one movie, in my opinion. And in terms of the comic books, if you're going to keep something, that is how it goes. He dies after Civil War. Yeah. What's after Civil War? This. Yeah, I mean, speaking specifically on the Marvel and Avengers brand, you look at the way they've brought in all these new heroes, and and especially just how popular so many of them have been. I mean, Black Panther seems ready to kind of take over the mm-hmm. mantle of uh, leader of the gang, or or you know, the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically the the kind of big voice in the room that yeah. it was that Tony Stark was for a long time with this series. We haven't had an Iron Man solo movie in a while. Robert Ooh, Downey yeah, seems a little time. bit. Uh, hasn't seemed quite as into the whole series yeah. as he used to be. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see him pass the mantle on as well uh, or, or something like that. But yeah, Chris Evans is definitely a likely choice given that the way they've potentially set up the franchise to just pass the Captain hero, uh, Captain America mantle down mm-hmm. so you don't get rid of the character, you just get rid of the... Well, you get rid of the character, but you don't get rid yeah. of the hero. Yeah, the mantle that would um, be passed down. Another one could be Thor. They did a lot of changes to Thor, and I'm wondering why. I'm wondering why, right? Because his last movie was pretty happy. And you guys, you know how those screenwriters do, especially those Chasing Maverick screenwriters. The way that they do it is that they give you that that super happy moment because something bad's about to happen. It could think, be Thor. Do you think the success of Ragnarok changes that at all? I think the success of Ragnarok causes it to be more of an impact. 
Mm. He's also got the longest screen time, according to the directors. Is that a reason? Right, right. Uh, and I guess the question, though, has to naturally become, even if we do see a character death, how how seriously should we take it? Mm-hmm. You know, this is a franchise that has, I feel like, killed Nick Fury off several times. And he's, he's escaped. He's escaped through the cement concrete road. Uh, Coulson was killed off and then brought right back That's to life. That's an alternate universe. It, it, they find ways to keep people around if they feel like they really want to keep them around. So yeah. should we take any of the deaths seriously if they happen to actually kill uh, Captain America, Tony Stark, whatever it is, in the new Affinity War? Look, let me bring it up to you this way, right? And I think it's been enough time that I can talk spoilers for Logan. And if you haven't seen Logan, then do not watch this video. But what made that so effective, right, was the yeah. fact that we have followed them for such a long time. We have followed all of these people for practically almost close to 10 years, right? right. So we have gotten to know them very well. None of them as long as Logan, right, specifically can they Close, very close. And enough and even bigger movies than any of the ones that Wolverine was in, right? Mm-hmm. But the most impacting thing for Logan, and I stand to this, and this is why I still a year later, literally a year later, put it up there with The Dark Knight in the fact that it stands as being not just your average comic book movie, that some, but something that you actually feel for. And I've always said that, the, or I believe you would agree as well, that the best superhero movies are those that blend genres, right? The Dark Knight is also yeah. a noir, like, it's a crime thriller, right? Right. Uh, Ant-Man has its stuff. Yeah, but I don't care for that one. Heist Uh, aspects. Yeah, it's got its heist aspects. Logan is a Western, right? They have different... uh, Captain America um, Winter Soldier is a spy. So I've always felt that that's been one of the biggest things to push a movie. And seeing how Logan did it, right? You've grown to love this character. So giving him that time in the public eye. Giving him all those movies. It never being recast. The moment he gets hurt. You feel it. But the yeah. moment he dies and he's not coming back, you feel it even more. Now, you're 100%. You have it. I feel like if they do something with Captain America, like let's say that's him, Chris Evans is young. All these right. guys I know want to go do different things. And you can see it. Like literally just go on their IMDb and be like, what the heck? When did Chris Evans make this? He directed that? Why did he direct that? What is gifted? They try really hard to different. You know what I mean? To get yeah. away from that. No, it definitely seems like some people, I mean, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is the exact opposite in that he says he's he completely done, done with, with indie, indie movies, yeah. but Chris Evans seems to really be embracing, like, maybe I want to make some smaller films, maybe I want to like, be breathe. a director. Yeah. He he said he doesn't really see himself as being an actor for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just allow some of these actors to transition out of these roles that they've been playing for a long time, because... There's sort of evidence now that you, the brand is maybe more important than the actors themselves. Like, what is it that made all that money? Was mm-hmm. it Chadwick Boseman or was it Black Panther? You know? Marvel. It's- exactly. That's a great point. Exactly. Because Chadwick Boseman's been in all those other movies, right? Like everyone said, he's like, there's been all these other great movies. How come those didn't make that much right. numbers? Right. So, so it, right. it's going to be interesting to see if, like, you know, the way that we keep rebooting Spider-Man with new Spider-Mans and people keep showing Reboot, up to it, yeah, even though not, it's not necessarily making the money it once did. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if Marvel is now in the place where they feel like we don't need Chris Evans. We can still have Captain America. Right. And we can kind of play it both ways where we can give you a dramatic like this is the end of Captain America. Stay tuned for more Captain America moment, you know? Yeah. So let's move on to the idea of whether or not superhero characters should die. Because there's this element of suspense that maybe is lacking, I think, in a lot of big action movies. I wait for that, yes. But there's also uh, the idea that, you know, these are the characters that people want to see on screen, and we have these traditions of, you know, hero's journey and winning Mm -hmm. in the end. Is the superhero genre somewhere where we should expect the possibility of death for our big heroes? Uh, not for the most, but this is, I think, where you differentiate when it's a family movie. Right. Or, or, or a family movie and a kid's movie, I guess, or even more than that, something for adults, right? Yeah, because I wanted to bring up, you mentioned Logan. Logan, unlike Infinity it, yeah. War, is rated R. R. Yep, exactly. Um, and, and you're right, because there's, there's two points of it. There's storytelling, and then there's the business side of it. From the business side of it, 
these characters make money. You milk them. That's why there's so many Spider-Mans. You know, you know what I mean. So it it pays for them to continue having these characters, even if it's a route that you know other people wouldn't like. I look at the Fast and Furious movies. Those guys are superheroes now. They are literally yeah. superheroes. They cannot die. The only way they're out is if they die in real life. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. That is the only way they die in those movies. And he ain't even die. He's still living in the movies. He mm-hmm. obviously just can't show up. In superheroes, I think it's. I am one of those who does believe that a lot of attention goes away. I don't believe someone needs to die to have tension. Yeah. But y'all are lying if you're telling me that all those moments of, oh, is he going to make it? Is it? Yes, because he's signed on for three of the movies. Right. Like, right? Can we agree on that? He's yeah, going we, to make it. I mean, like, there's no real chance that Black Ex- Panther was going to die in Black Panther. Ex- we already saw the exactly. Infinity War trailer. So those moments, you're right. They don't need to die. But then what are the other moments of the suspense? Because then those feel like waste of time because we, we know they're going to be in the next one. It's, for me, it's not so much the idea of death. It's the idea of a lack of consequence. Because you let's take That's Black fair. Panther there as an go. example. And I'm going to put some Black Panther spoilers out there. By now, you've probably seen it. And if mm-hmm. you haven't seen it, you don't care that much. So uh, you can skip forward using the links in the description down below, the time codes down below, if you really don't want to hear more of this. But in Black Panther, spoilers, he does die briefly. Or we think he does. He's like basically dead. And there's a 20... Uh, we don't think he's really dead. I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. not saying that. But... And I think we all know that he was going to come back, but his death has consequences on the story. Things need to happen. There's... You know, you have to put some things in motion. Characters have to come together. There were consequences to the fact that he almost died. And a lot of times, I think, in these movies, it's not that there isn't death. It's that people get come close... And then they just kind of get up a little bit right. groggy and are stronger than I'm ever. I'm fine with that, kind of. Wh- I mean? like, which aspect of it? The idea that consequenceless? Right. Well, or... how you brought up? Did, did you see that as a positive or a negative? The way Black I th- Panther. I saw that as a positive because I agree. it's part of the story. It's not just like the idea of giving him obstacles because we're gonna have him be CGI punched a lot, and it's mm-hmm. gonna he's gonna have to get up and groan because the actor's gonna have to make it look like, oh, I've right. been through a lot. I agree. And you would also agree that if we did not know if he was continued, which again is impossible when you have such a big franchise and you need trailers, right. that scene would have been like, the heck, is he dying in this movie? It, much more effective, yes. Right. It would have been more effective. But I agree everyone comes together. Now let me flip it for you. Yeah. Superman dying in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, right? Yes, yes. Him dying and that's supposed to have an impact when right at the end we see the thing come, which again, is anyone, have we just completely ignore that that didn't make any sense considering that he, he was dead? They Frankenstein him later. So why at the end was the the dirt? Co- Anyways, that aspect, right? Do you consider the consequences that happened there of them having to go get the team? Is that similar to you or different? Yeah, I mean, to me, that's consequenceless because you don't really ever. <sighs> Actually, I mean, I don't know. That's a good question. Right? Like, uh, and maybe I'm being a little bit hypocritical there, and maybe I think... Because at what point is it manipulation? At what point are you just going to like do something to a character that really is to set something else? At what point is Pepper Potts not in the story because we can't give her enough money, <laughs> right? So we're going right. to say, you know? And I guess it's, it does depend on like the, the execution of it, or right. whether or not it seems like necessary to go mm-hmm. through the steps they go through. I mean, for me... I can't necessarily speak having not seen Justice League. I did see Batman v Superman, but I didn't get the sense that it was ever going to be a question of like, will Superman come back or do they need to do certain things for Superman to come yeah. back? It just kind of seemed like he would show up at some point. Right. So I never really felt the weight of his death. Just Whereas in, in Black Panther, at least there's that moment where sides have to come together, characters have to make decisions. So the death is... A little impactful, right. at least for a moment. I can feel but it. But I'm, I'm also not trying to say that that Black Panther scene is like way far and away. Like, oh, it works so well. St- you still never really question that he's got some... There's still that lack of tension in mm-hmm. the fight scenes. Yeah. I think, you know, pretty much all these movies end with CGI punching. And for me, none of that CGI punching works because we know who's going to win in the end. Right. And and to add to it, right, I'll add to that one in another movie that I think goes with your point uh, perfectly. Because of his death, Black Panther's death, it then brings in, uh, and I can't remember his name, but uh, the other leader, 
the ones who do the whole who, who, who yeah, noises. Yeah, the uh, Winston Duke guy. Yes. So he is the one who saves them. He's also in Avengers. He's in Infinity War. Yes. So his death causes that character to come back in and creates his own arc, continues his arc. So I agree with 1,000% with what you're saying. It may not have been an actual death, but the defeat right, of yes. that battle brings something else to it. I'll bring up another one where it's not a death, but it's complete change in uh, the Thor. Not to spoil too much in Thor Ragnarok, but you know I, I've been on the defense for Thor Ragnarok for a long time. Everyone's saying nothing happened in there, right? Nah. And again, spoilers. I'm sh- pretty sure you know what happens in these movies. But in and case not, you got those time, right? Points. But in case you saw the first three that we mentioned, and this is the one you haven't. Spoilers yet again. He loses an eye, and it's so cool to see him in the next. Tra- if you miss Thor Ragnarok for whatever reason, you're looking at this next trailer going, "Why What's is this guy a eye? pirate?" Exactly. Yeah. He's literally missing an eye. His hair, his hammer, his planet, his father officially has denied the fact that him and his brother can ever be together. I'm sick and tired of people saying, right? I, I, yeah. That is, that story arc to me is we better than a death. We want to see change. I think that's really what it is. We want to see change. Exactly. This is what I've been saying. The, the, another one to go with the death thing. At the end of Black Panther. I, I said this. He learns from the villain. Right. It usually never happens. So right. to see an actual change there. What are we going to learn from Thanos is what I asked. <laughs> what are we going to learn? Yeah, so a lot of questions heading into Infinity War and a lot of uh, speculation as to like who we will ultimately see leave us, if we'll see anybody leave us, how long we'll see them leave us for. I, I think we're both on the side that somebody's going to go, right? Oh, I know who's dying. I know who's getting killed. Our bank accounts. I'm freaking True. watching this movie like five times. True. I've already dropped like $100 on these tickets. Man, it's... Um, do you want to do you want to get into briefly the idea that somebody has to die? I think there's been a lot of people, whether it's on Twitter or right. just online in general, saying like, "Oh, well, if somebody doesn't die, this movie's not going to be good." No, I yeah, yeah, someone has to die. This guy is the embodiment, or he marries death. That's right. the thing about that. You know what I mean? I, I've said this before. It was the thing with Negan. When Negan shows up, he needed to kill someone. I know mm-hmm. some people aren't don't don't like it how it's going on on the show, but it takes away from that character when you. When you don't do something that they're known for. Right. If he right. comes in and nobody dies, do you get what I mean? Like, I get some people saying, oh, no one has to, but what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the idea that somebody has to die in a movie for it to, like, mean something is a little weird. But, the, but it's point, also not a solo movie. It's a movie right. in a long chain of films where we've been building up. And if this guy really is this badass that's need to be, we needed to tease him mm-hmm. this long, there's got to be some kind of, kill as we Hawkeye. mentioned earlier, something. big consequences. Mm, that's why he's not in the poster. He's dead already. <laughs> he's dead <laughs> on arrival. It starts off at Hawkeye's funeral. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Poor Hawkeye. All right, so uh, lots of things to be excited for in Infinity War. Let us know what you think and who you think might die in the comments down below. Uh, We'll get to them on next week's show if you got any good ones. So thanks for leaving them. But for now, we move on to our final segment of the week. It's the new to see where we talk about what's new in theaters to streaming and on VOD starting with March 23rd, Pacific Rim Uprising. It's got some new actors like Scott Eastwood and John Boyega, (laughs) some returning stars like Charlie Day and Rinko Kikuchi. This one is directed by Stephen S. Knight who uh, directed the Daredevil season one finale, but this is his first movie. Aren't you excited to return to Pacific Rim? Nah, but nah. I'm, I'm excited. I feel like I see. like this one, the first one much less than most people. No, A lot I of think people we're in the same. It. I think we're in the same. Yeah. Right? You went into it and you're just like, okay, and everyone's right. super hyped up for it. You're just watching it like... CGI robots uh, punching each yeah, other. Yeah, CGI robots punching each other. What was... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're like slightly higher class Transformers. <laughs> We should start a podcast together. We should start a podcast. <laughs> uh, and then also March 23rd, the new Wes Anderson joint, Isle of Dogs. It's st- got a stacked cast with mm-hmm. Edward Norton, Brian Cranston, Greta Gerwig, Bill Murray, Jeff Goldblum, Scarlett Johansson, Courtney B. Vance, Tilda Swinton, Leah Schreiber, Bob Balaban. Uh, and I just noticed recently that if you say I love dogs I, really same. fast, it's I love dogs. Same. And it, he's... That's Why clever. is Wes Anderson too clever for us? I don't right, know. Exactly. I don't know. Uh, so I'm really excited to check that one out. Unsane, the new film mm. from Steven Soderbergh. He directs Claire Foy in this horror thriller shot entirely 
on an iPhone. Shout That's out crazy. Sean Baker. Yeah, Sean uh, Baker did it first. <laughs> uh, although Steven Soderbergh, the, he's kind of the right guy for right? you want to yeah. see take on this kind of project. I remember listening to um, a talk. Somebody was talking about how there was this talk amongst directors about IMAX cameras. Christopher Nolan was trying to sell people on using IMAX cameras. And Soderbergh was essentially like, yeah, but what if I want to take a shot that's from the, the glove compartment yeah. of somebody's car? <laughs> it's like, it's like, only it's Soderbergh. crazy. Um, also out on March 23rd, there's a few smaller films. Sherlock Gnomes with Stop. Emily Blunt, Johnny Depp, James Stop. McAvoy, Mary J. Blige. Midnight Sun with Bella mm, Thorne, Patrick Schwarzenegger, that romantic drama. Yeah. Uh, Paul, Apostle of Christ. This might be oh, uh, another uh, Christian nah, film one, to look out for. Doing it. This one ain't doing it. <laughs> uh, Paul, Final Portrait. This is directed by Stanley Tucci with Army yeah, Hammer, Jeffrey Rush, and Tony Shalhoub. And then... Izzy gets the fuck across town with my girl Mackenzie Davis. I love her so. I need to check that one out. Uh, yeah. Any of those popping out to you? New 23rd? Um, well, let's see. Unsane, I think. Uh, I had a screen for it. Missed it. Because mm -hmm. uh, I'm not supporting a movie where an iPhone gets paid more than Claire Floyd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Midnight Sun, to me, is just discount a walk to remember. And I yeah. obviously adore a walk to remember. Uh, Sherlock Gnomes looks like complete and utter trash. But if it surprises and is like Peter Rabbit 2, then maybe. I have not heard of the Mackenzie one. No, it was, um, I think it's like a small indier one. I, I think I... It was at Tribeca or stuff like that. I didn't get to check it out. But uh, it's got some cool people in it. Alia Shawkat, Haley Joel Osmond, Lakeith uh. Stanfield, Ooh. all in this movie. So right, maybe, uh, maybe worth checking out in theaters. Yeah. New to streaming on Netflix March 21st, Conor McGregor, Notorious. I think it's a documentary. And then on March 23rd, uh, Santa Clarita Diet Season 2. I only saw the first episode of that and did not enjoy it. Requiem Season 1. It's a new Netflix mystery horror show. And then Game Over, man. It's the latest hey. comedy from the Workaholics crew. Yeah. Uh, looks kind of fun. I recognize the guy without the hair, man. Yeah, he Blake, he looks yeah, really different he looks without that really hair. Yeah, he really different. Yeah. I was like, y'all bogus, man. <laughs> Uh, HBO Go on March 25th, Barry. It's the new hitman turned actor comedy from Silicon Valley's Alec Berg and starring Bill Hader. Season five premieres, or season five, season one premieres after season five premiere of Silicon Valley. Oh, okay. So a bunch of new comedy for you on HBO March 25th. And then on March 26th and 7th, it's the debut of Judd Apatow's new documentary, The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling, Part 1 and 2. I'm a big fan of Gary Shandling's comedy. Uh, the Larry Sanders Show, I think, is one of the best TV sitcoms of all time. So oh. I'm really interested in checking out this documentary from uh, Judd Apatow, who got to work with him a lot on The Larry Sanders Show and uh, was apparently like good, close friends with him before Gary Shandling died, I think it was like two years ago, something like that. Dang. Okay. I've never seen that show, so i got to hop on it then. Yeah. That's also available on HBO Go if you oh, are looking okay. to catch up. So it's a really good show. It's the, like, behind the scenes of a late night talk show. Okay. I'm uh, sorry. But no, very, I'm very I'm funny. I'm good. That's good. That's yeah. funny right there. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Amazon on March 27th, The Little Hours. This is the... Uh, non-sex comedy that's kind of fun I oh you saw it. you saw right i mean yeah, they all yeah, yeah. get i mean they all get naked if that's what you're looking for <laughs> yeah it's look it's a sex comedy you know what it you're is. getting into i thought it was kind of fun hulu on march 23rd march of the penguins 2 the next step it's a hulu original documentary march 24th who framed roger rabbit classic we're talking now we're talking and march 27th hulu also gets the little hours so amazon oh, or okay. hulu you're set on take your pick New to VOD, March 20th, Pitch Perfect 3, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and Downsizing. Then on March 23rd, I Killed Giants, which uh, I think is Harry VOD? Potter adjacent. Straight to VOD. It's a comic book. I know that. It's, it's a graphic gonna, novel. It's going to be in theaters also, but it's going to be same day VOD. So not the best release for I this. Kill uh, Giants, I Kill Giants, I Kill My Release schedule. Yeah. <laughs> and then also a movie called The China Hustle that I don't know anything about, March 23rd on VOD. So art. Uh, what are you going with? Pick uh, for the week. China Hustle, probably. <laughs> no, uh, let's see. Uh, if you want to go out to theaters, I'd say Love, Simon is the movie to go see right now. Uh, it is a little bit cheesy. It's still not, definitely not sold on the ending for it. But I think out of all the movies that are out there, this one's probably the one that 
uh, most people I've seen have enjoyed. Uh, I think that the scene with the dad is impacting. And uh, other than the other ones out there, unless, you know, you're very Christian, you want to go see I Can Only Imagine. Or you want that action-adventure in Tomb Raider, which I thought was okay. I think Love, Simon was the best release of the week. But if you don't want to go waste your money, you want to stay at home because you're like, I got to save up for those Avengers tickets, then uh, Collateral. Collateral is a miniseries, Ooh. right? Collateral is a miniseries on Netflix. I've only seen the trailer. But <laughs> but my girlfriend saw it and she's like, you're going to like this. So I'm excited to, to catch up on it because uh, I ended Got up that finishing... Alina recommendation. Yeah, I, had, I ended up finishing uh, uh, season three of uh, Love, which I know uh, I had said recommended i know someone didn't like my recommendation but i thought the ending was pretty good i thought it was a cute little ending yeah. right it keeps getting better oh yeah okay it. I, I like the ending to it but uh no in terms of, of netflix collateral and in theaters love simon cool um i have heard really good things about collateral i haven't seen that one yet but i'm probably gonna try and check it out this weekend Dope. but i know i'm definitely checking out Isle of Dogs this weekend. Oh, that's uh, right. That's the right. last time that Wes Anderson worked in stop motion, it was Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I think is one of the most delightful kid movies of the last like 10 years or so. Mm -hmm. uh, he, there's something about his comedy style that just really tickles me, and he's maybe without <laughs> a doubt the most like visually perfect and like yeah. delicate filmmaker. Every every painting, paint, every frame is like a painting with its symmetry. Every and it's, frame of painting. Uh, it's it's really amazing. I, I love. Uh, Wes Anderson's work, so I'm definitely excited to see him do stop motion again. It seems something that's also very um, up his alley of interest. Yeah, with all the uh, he does it with humans, Asian influences, and uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, because uh, the whole Isle of Dogs is supposed to be off like Japan or something like that, so it's gonna be dope. Yeah, yeah. Um, so check out that. Check out. Uh, collateral, let us know what you think. But that's all for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter or on Instagram at ZShevich. And check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash multiplex show. Art, where can people find more from you? You can find me at the A to Z show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, on Twitter, I've actually been doing a, I'm trying to start a series, uh, pretty much kind of like taking your guys' questions or kind of like doing a poll. Recently, I did that one where I asked everyone for their uh, their unpopular, unpopular film, film opinions. opinions. And uh, <laughs> some so hot I, takes in there. Yeah, I have a video coming out of that depending on how 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 that gets like a reaction and stuff. I might be doing more of those, but of course, answering your questions always here on the intercut. So if you have any questions, definitely comment down below as you listen to us or watch us where you can check out every episode of the intercut podcast on itunes apple podcast or on soundcloud or whatever you podcatcher want. you use we i like you. overcast and then make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio podcast but to the video feed as well over on our youtube channel youtube.com slash c slash intercut pod where you can catch our bright smiling faces as we run through the latest in entertainment find episodes of intercut every tuesday also, like our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. It's up to All date. of them are at Intercut Pod, and you can get updates from both of us throughout the week, putting out arts videos on there, putting out my new stuff on there. You don't even got to follow so, us. Yeah, just yeah. follow one account. It's all there for you. Exactly. It's the hub. So make sure you're there checking out all the latest from both of us and this podcast. So thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Classic. Classic.